forth newness of life and new growth. I'm reviving and bringing newness of life to the dry and wasted areas of your lives to bring about change and to revive you to the newness of life that I have for you, to enable you to flow in my presence. My rains bring refreshing and growth, and I'm moving. I desire you, my people, to move by my spirit in these days and to flow with my resurrected power and authority. I'm reviving you, my people, and calling forth my chosen ones to flow in the river from above, to flow and be led by my spirit, for my spirit brings freedom and liberty. I'm calling my chosen ones to flow and soak in my presence and hearken to my voice and be led by my spirit, for I'm bringing forth new growth and spiritual maturity to those who will yield to me. Press into me and receive my raindrops from heaven, which is more of me. For my rain is falling upon earth, bringing a mighty revival to those who shall receive my glory, my giftings, my anointing, and walk in my power and authority with signs and wonders following, for I am a God of miracles." Be glad and rejoice, for I am opening the heavens and pouring down my rain, my presence. I am restoring and rebuilding. I am bringing forth newness of life from those areas previously devastated to those who will receive my presence and walk in my presence. For where my presence is, there is freedom and liberty. I am raising up a people who in the natural look peculiar, but I am moving through those who say, Yes, Lord, send your rain. Yes, Lord, send your presence. Bring forth change by your spirit, for you are our God. I am raising up those who rejoice in my reign upon planet Earth and acknowledge that I am bringing forth change and touching lives for my own glory. My presence brings forth my love, so receive my love. Come and walk with me this day. Receive my reign. Receive my presence in your life, not just on Sundays, but every day. Let my presence come on you and cover you with my love all the time and in every area of your lives, for I am raising up a people who will walk in my love and give my love away. For though I, for through my presence I am filling you up with Holy Ghost fire to be my conduits, fulfilling the destiny I have for you, be releasers of my greatness in this season. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So all of these words that confirm the work of God and the work of his spirit in the earth, you know, we need to uh, pay attention to those things just so nothing will be missing and we will have uh, all of the fullness of understanding of how to work with God uh, as his end time bride. So I'm really excited about what God's doing and uh, really, really anxious to do my part in it. So praise God. Hopefully you are too. So praise God. All right. So we'll finish our, do our uh, first session. We're going to finish Witch Doctor today. So amen. <laughs> so Witch Doctor will be done. And I think it's uh, timely because in the end of the age, we of course will have the devil to contend with. But you don't have to ever worry about him because God empowers you. If you stay under the shadow of the Almighty, uh, don't try to get cute and don't try to get fancy, schmancy, and uh, <laughs> make a, a you know a, a god out of fighting the devil. You know you'll be will be on good good ground. And so he's he's the enemy. He's defeated. But we do have to stand our ground against him and understand how to fight effectively against him. Uh, with revelation, amen, anointing and power from the Spirit of God. So, <clears throat> all right, why don't we start. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you, come into your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so, Father, we ask you to open up ears, soften hearts, soften uh, 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 resistant minds, Lord, that would understand and come into line with your word and for, with your um, knowledge and with your understanding, Father, that we would understand as you understand and so that we can do your will and understand your will. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So we're on page 55, chapter 5, uh, where uh, Dr. Summerall gives us an understanding of devil worship and the end of the age. And so there are many, many uh, visions that he had seen throughout his uh, lifetime and uh, all of the places that he had traveled all over the world. You have to understand that as an apostle of God, a sent one is sent with the right spiritual authority to confront and throw down any uh, spiritual force that would oppose them. 
Brother Summerall traveled all over. There's not a continent on the earth he had not been to. And so he was an apostle that had authority in all realms. So he really governed the world for God. You can say that because he was able to confront any uh, prince in any principality in Asia, in the Philippines, in Europe, uh, in Australia, uh, all the places around the world, he was able to go and establish churches, establish ministries, uh, train other uh, ministers and pastors and set up a ministry uh, in the gospel and successful ministry in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, it wasn't like some religious thing he was doing, you know, where you just put a church and have nice people in there. But he actually set up ministry where people's souls actually were one and they were uh, uh, healed and, and empowered and set free by the power of God. And so he uh, has some insight for sure. And we want to gain that insight uh, because he is a credible witness to the power of God. He says here on page 54, uh, it says the Bible describes the devil as a personality of great pride who desired to be worshipped. And don't we know that pride is something that will cause us to fall eventually because it tends to give us a false understanding of our importance uh, and our, our worth. And, and, you know, kind of pride always has to look, has to have a, 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 some kind of levels of importance in their life. You know, we can't all be equally important uh, to the person of pride. And so that's how you can tell when the enemy's at work sometimes. You know, if there's uh, big people, little people, uh, people who can sit at the table and people who have to sit off to the side and all this, you know, uh, uh, compartmentalizing individuals, you know, and setting them in certain order. Uh, uh, Certain people are more gifted, more valuable, more intelligent, uh, more uh, uh, in that in that kind of way, instead of seeing everybody made in God's image. When you get the truth from God, you'll see the value of all human beings being the same. They all have God's value in them. Amen. And, And we don't have to put some up, lift some up and put some down and, you know, cause some people not to. Uh, live to their maximum potential in God because somebody has labeled them as, uh, you know, nowadays people don't label you with with like like a um, condemning kind of label because back in the day they would call you retarded or slow or but now they put uh, initials on you and they they kind of don't really condemn you, but they still compartmentalize you you know they put you in a a restricted place you're 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 defined by those initials and what they try to do is is make it so that that it looks like they're feeling some kind of compassion or some kind of pity for you but actually they have stunted your growth and limited your potential in life it's the same trick it's just nice now you understand it's not as mean as it used to be it's kind of nice now and so we have to watch that because you don't want to just uh feel like well you know i can't do that because i'm i'm you know a b c d e f g you pick it you understand because there's going to be more more of those you understand what i'm saying as people as 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 the as the devil gets closer to ending his assignment on planet earth he's going to have to restrict more people from coming to their full potential. Think about it. If you really understand, stood who you were, how you were gifted and what God called you to do, you're the biggest threat to the devil that there ever was. But if he can keep you in an alphabet soup of life and keep you with that label on you and you understand that your potential is very limited because this is all that I can do ever in life because of this i was born with this limitation and i was born that's how he's taken the homosexuals to hell see i was born this way and so now we have to feel sorry for them and let them do what they want to do and if we if we tell them that god can set them free then we're being mean see we're we're and they're they're enacting laws where you can't tell people that anymore you can't counsel them uh, out of that lifestyle and so and, and the only thing left for god is to just deliver them straight out you know wait we, okay we can't count skip the counseling then just jesus set them free amen 
and and just understand that God has a remedy for all of this. He's got an answer for everything. And so if we'll stay with God's answer, uh, we'll be able to overcome these things. But don't ever let anybody put a, a negative label on you. And don't you try to fight it in your flesh. Because the devil, will he'll have you fighting labels all your life. When God has delivered us from the power of labels. When we understand who we are in Christ and we understand that we're made in God's image and all we have to do is walk with God and listen to him, get ourselves renewed, transform ourselves by the renewing of our minds and allow God to bring that newness of life into us. Then every day that you live, you will bear fruit that defies the label that has been placed upon you. And once you walk in it and you are defying that label by your very existence and ability to do certain things that you were told you'd never do, then you've already, because you've got evidence that that's not true anymore. You're living evidence that that's not true. And so when when we are kind of, be careful, and and we need to be careful not to pigeonhole people and not to label people. You know, sometimes when, when you're Christians and, and God, by God's mercy, you still have a, a marriage and you've got an intact family, we kind of get to looking down our noses at people that, you know, don't. You know, be careful with that kind of stuff. Always see their, them as equal to you and full of potential in God because God will defy our labels that we put on one another. He will defy that. Because he will not have us define one another and lift one up and put the other down or count somebody out or just want to always be included with some some people. So he's he's not for all of that stuff. So the devil that and that's a manifestation of pride is that we know somebody's worth and we can tell them what they can do in life and we can set, you know, the parameters around their life. You can't do that. Love will not allow us. To do those kinds of things to people. We're not God. And we can't. We can never determine what a person's potential is in God. So in Isaiah 14. 12 to 13. Uh, the, the author says. It pictures a dramatic scene in heaven. Where Lucifer. Audaciously attempted. To exalt himself. Equal to God. So why don't we turn there. And we'll read it. Isaiah 14. It's always good to open your Bible and go to the Word and make sure you understand what God's saying in these things. So, Isaiah 14. Verse 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you had said in your heart, this is where it's, this is where it counts. If you don't say it out loud to anybody, if you let your heart meditate on these things, man, you know, because we have uh, uh, iniquity in us, we as human beings know how to keep our mouth shut. With certain things and, and therein lies the deception sometimes. You know, we think we're, we're fooling ourselves and fooling everybody else. And we harbor things in our heart that are not pleasing to God. And they eventually will manifest some way. If you nurse these things in your heart and you don't cast them out the way the word of God says you're supposed to do. Eventually it, you'll blurt something out when somebody, you know, when you least suspect. So it's best to get this stuff rooted out of you. You know, when you see it doesn't line up with God's word and you uh, see where you're, you're um, uh, trying to, to hide uh, darkness or iniquity that you, you feel on the inside, uh, it's good to confess that to God and get yourself delivered because it will find you out. At some point, it will manifest and it will find you out. And so he just said within himself. That he would ascend himself, he will ascend his throne, verse 12, 13. He said, I will ascend into heaven and will exalt my throne above the stars of God. 
I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Okay. I will be like the most high. And so when we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, we all have this desire for self-importance. It's just in us. Self-preservation becomes a part of self-importance. You know, sometimes you have to do certain things in order to survive or in order to live, so forth and so on. Sometimes it goes beyond just preserving your your life and preserving your uh, physical comfort, and it moves into an area of exalting yourself above others and, and putting yourself above and ahead of other people. And so when that starts to grab hold of us, we need to go to God when he starts revealing these things to us and, and, and just allow him to root this out of us. You know, it's something that we allow him to do. Uh, but if we don't, it will ensnare us just like it did Lucifer. And he was cast out of heaven because iniquity was found. Who found it? God found it. Can't hide anything like that from the Lord. And be thankful that he finds that kind of stuff in us. And when he finds it, he has a remedy. You're not condemned because it's there. You're, you're delivered of it when it's found to be in you because it's not like God and you don't want it there. And so we want to be delivered of everything that will ensnare us and everything that will hurt us and keep us from going forward in God. Iniquity is like shackles. It, it, it keeps you just barely keeping up with things. God set us, has called us to liberty. And so the liberty of God allows us the freedom to serve God and to, to be people of peace and people of joy, uh, people of great contentment and great peace. You know, we are the, the greatest uh, bearers of God's fruit on the earth because we are our carriers of it at all times. You know, don't give in to the the threat of the enemy that, you know, the worries and the fears and all these things that he wants to throw our way. Allow yourself to be free of that. Cast your cares upon God. He cares for you. He is a uh, Jesus died to give us the carefree life. Uh, the life without shackles, a life without fears and hindrances, uh, a life, a good life, a grand life, the best life. And so if we will allow ourselves to live in that liberty and not get shackled with the bonds of iniquity, you know, we'll have the best life. God is not shortchanging you on anything. You don't have to worry about, will I get mine or, or am I, I going to be happy? Just be happy. You know, you, you don't have to worry about you're not waiting on something, some great something to happen in your life so that you can be happy. It's in you already. You just have to yield to it It's like everything else we need from God. It's in us already. All we have to do is yield to it and allow God to let it permeate our being so that we can radiate it out to others. Why do you think people follow Jesus? Now, now, a lot of them, he told them one time, he saw people after the, after the big, you know, the happy meal that, you know, he multiplied. And he saw the crowds got bigger. He said, now, don't be following me for that food. Because y'all ain't getting fed every time I preach. Come on now. Not natural food. You understand what I'm saying? But he said, isn't your life more than food and clothing? It's a good question. It'll, it'll stop you thinking about stuff so much you know isn't it isn't it about more than that about more than that your life has got to be about more than that amen and so it is and it's about god and what he has planned for you the spiritual growth that he has planned for each and every one of us and so lucifer got to the point where that wasn't good enough for him anymore see you have to be careful. There are so many people who become anointed of God because they paid the price and they humbled themselves. And then when they get what God, they start to get the blessing of God. It's not good enough for them anymore. You got to have more. People start coming to them, you know, uh, oh, you know, your television show has got X million viewers. You know, why don't we let you promote this and that? And the other? You know, you got to be careful. You've got to continue. I don't care how many cute guys come into the prom. You better dance with the one that brung you. Because, see, you may not get home that night. 
Huh? If you just go with, with the cute guys. You understand me? You, you dance with the one that brought you. Huh? Because he got you there and he can get you home safely. Amen. None of this little crazy stuff in between. And so we have to, even the more God blesses you, the more humility will have to take root on the inside of you so that you can stay where God can use you. Stay where you can be content. Stay where you can be of service to the Lord and not try to move too far too fast, moving in different circles of people and, and you know, putting, letting people put handles on you that are not godly handles anymore. You know, you know, they want you to, oh, yeah, you know, we, we just appreciate you, man of God, and we want to make you a bishop, and we want to make you this. Well, if man can make you something, then man can unmake you something. You got me? You can't, you can't, you have to be careful not to fall in with the wrong crowd and, and the wrong people and, and just stay where, just stay in your lane, you know. Just cruise your little thing that you do and stay there, Amen. So he said, Lucifer audaciously, audaciously attempted to exalt himself equal with God. To accomplish this, he staged an abortive revolution against Jehovah. From this fall, he became the devil and Satan, making this earth his abode and seeking the worship of men. Satan was always jealous of man because of man's position in the image and likeness of God. Angels don't have that. Only man has that. And so seeking to be like God himself and higher than God, he figured if he could get man involved, who was already made in the image of God, then he could rule the earth. And he, can, and he, he managed to do it at least for a season. His, his time is short, though. It's coming to an end. He says, as man is made in the image of God and created to worship God, the devil's greatest achievement is to deceive man and cause man to worship him and not God. In, this, in his wilderness temptation of Jesus, the devil's great strategy was to get the Son of God to fall down and worship him. But in this he miserably failed. Jesus answered him in wisdom and truth, Thou shalt worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And that's got to be your confession. All the days of your life, I worship God only, and him only will I serve. His words point up the truth that only as men and women worship God alone and serve him are they properly related to life and to eternity. So our connection to life in this realm is God. Our connection to life eternal is God. Our connection to life period is always God. Don't ever disconnect from him. And don't disconnect from God's people. You get mad at people, we all get mad at each other. But we get over it, we love each other, we forgive each other, because we're all we got. You can't afford to get mad at the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, because them's your peeps just like your natural household. You don't divorce your children, and yet, well, I ain't going to say that. But anyway, you, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You might want to. Brother start acting funny and start some of his clothes get to missing out the laundry hampers. Where's them clothes at? Used to be full. You start packing on the slide. You know what? You know how them brothers try to work your nerve. So just go unpack them little things. Tell brother, you ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. Let's just get happy with each other and let's move on. Amen. This is how you preserve family harmony this is how you preserve relationship is through reconciliation you go to that person if they have something against them or they're distant from you you go to them and clear up the misunderstanding most more people get divorced because of misunderstandings than anything else you know, they said something and you thought they, they meant you know evil against you or did sound it wrong no you were hearing it wrong so why can't we just call it a draw and be friends again and hug and make up and let's keep moving? You understand me? Because we're going to have to be people like that to make it in the end time. You See, I see people, and this is a great fault sometimes in the body of Christ. You'll see people in the body of Christ have a moral failure. And then they go and want to make friends with a group of sinners outside the church and try and further indict the church against them when all they had to do was go humble themselves reconcile be friends 
you know, the homosexual community is not your friend just because you fail morally. You got to go find them and make friends with them. And now that's your new church. You need to learn how to get on your knees and repent for real and let God introduce you to who your family is. People have moral failures sometimes because they're trying to connect with the wrong people. I've seen it over and over again. You see ministers called to the ministry and the people that God has called them to are never good enough for them. They always want to run with this crowd and run with that crowd and trying to keep up with somebody you're not called to keep up with will cause you to slip and fall. And see, they get caught in a moral failure because they're trying to keep up. They're judging against God's people, yet trying to run with a crowd they're not called to run with. They get messed up. And instead of falling down on their knees and saying, God, I've missed it terribly, they want to go now. They want to accuse the rest of the people of God of shooting the wounded and kicking you when you down and all this kind of stuff. Well, that's not repentance and that's not reinstatement. And that won't get your ministry back for you. And some of them never want to go to the hard places that God calls them to because there's either not enough fame, not enough money, not enough something for them. It turns them off to humble themselves to that level. Well, I've been in ministry X number of years. I should be doing big groups by now. Well, you don't, you're not. Huh? Your big group is who you, your 5,000 friends on Facebook, and you don't even know most of them. You only know about 12 of them. But you got 5,000. says, despite his failure in his temptation of Jesus, the devil has deceived many. He's the angel of light. If you're not humbling yourself and and learn how to develop relationship with God so that you know when God's speaking to you, you let other things start to feed you, it's easy for the devil to deceive humanity. Millions of souls find momentary pleasure, momentary satisfaction, some measure of political and economic gain by avoiding God and serving the devil. Multitudes have come under his power and ignorance, not knowing God or the Bible. And so the more you stay outside of God's word and not rightly divide the word. Got me? There are people that know the Bible backwards and forwards and don't get it right in there. They go going there with carnal ideas in their mind and they're looking for validation of what they already believe. Instead of going in there to find out what God has for them. What do you want to tell me, God? What do you? Huh? I remember days when I used to have arguments with people and I want to go in the Bible and find out if I was right or wrong. You're wrong. As long as you're going for that reason, you're going to always be wrong. You always come up with the wrong idea. And I came up with an empty and conviction so many times. I said, well, God, this must be wrong. Maybe I'm just doing it. And you repent and you go in there and say, I need to come in here for me. Huh? God will never tell you what's wrong with somebody else. He'll always, this Bible talks to you. It don't talk to you about her. If I don't obey God, that's not your business. Now, as your pastor, it's my business. If you don't, he gives me an open door to speak to you. I'm trying to keep you from falling over a cliff. You understand me? But, Miss Noel, if you don't obey God, that's not, that's not uh, Ingrid's business. You understand me? It's not her to her to judge you and make you obey God and make you do what she thinks God wants you to do. You understand what I'm saying? Outside of pray for you and speak the word over you. Now, I realize there's a ministry we have to one another to exhort. Exhorting is different than judging and criticizing and condemning and putting down. You understand what I'm saying? If Miss Nola, if Agent Ingrid comes to you and she says, well, Miss Nola, I'm just really concerned about this and so forth. You don't put her down because, well, you don't have no faith, Ingrid. I'm telling you, you know, it's not, no, Miss Ingrid, come on now. We're going to pray. Because God always has an answer for us. He's always got something. You understand? There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. And so this deception that the devil will put on us, he does through pride, through us lifting one another up, putting somebody down. 
Whenever you lift yourself up, you've got to put somebody down. Whenever you put some yourself down, then you'll pull others down with you. And so let's stay where God needs us to be. Humble yourself to God. Live in truth. Live in his image of uh, your, his uh, uh, identity that he's placed in you. Live that to the maximum. Be the maximum Christian that you can be before God. And you'll please God. And that's, that's all we need to do is please him. When our ways please him, the Bible says that our enemies will be at peace with us. Amen. Amen. That'll settle every argument you ever get into because then God will be your defense. You don't have to go around defending yourself to people and feeling like, you know, somebody's putting you down or somebody don't like you or, you know, all this kind of stuff. Stay out of that self business. You know, just stay in God. He he loves you, you know, warts and all, limping, not limping. You know what I'm saying? Winting and not winting. When you're right, when you're wrong, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You can always go to him. So multitudes have come under the power of ignorance, not knowing God or the Bible. Some are seeking an escape from reality and become possessed of the devil. Drug addicts. People who are in such pain and, you know, you know, over and over again, you see where divorce has caused the children of the divorced parents such pain. They'll, they'll start turning to their little friends for comfort and wind up on drugs and stuff like that. It's, it's amazing the pain that's released out there where people feel like they can't do any better. Oh, I had to. I just couldn't stay. You know, all that kind of stuff. Made a vow, but you can't live up to it. Anytime you can't live up to something, that's the time to call God. You understand what they, you find yourself not being able, oh, that, oh, oh, please God, help me. I mean, anybody knows to do that. You can't, yeah, you can't make up your own answer to what ails you. You just come up with more of the world's burdens and problems in your life. As others are grasping for power to lord it over their fellow man, only to find themselves slaves of the devil. Some are seeking a thrill in the night, only to find themselves plagued with evil spirits. Devil worship is making strides among the illiterate and among the cultured. In every, he's an equal opportunity devil. You got me? He don't care what color you are, what background. He'll find a use for you somewhere. Trust me, you will fit in with his plan somewhere. The results are in evidence on every hand. Mental breakdown, among other things, is increasing at an alarming rate. Visit most any hospital in a metropolitan center today, observing the crowded conditions and the human wreckage, and you will see firsthand the ripened fruits of devil power and influence. I don't care if it's physical sickness, cancer, heart disease, whatever it is, the devil is taking people in by droves. It says there's no hope for these wretched souls apart from the power of God. I don't care if, you, if you've got a, a, a chronic illness, the pills are not, they're just, you just own life support when you're taking pills. You know, they're not, they're not going to cure you. And at some point it will progress and it will get worse. And it will take you down. So there's nothing left for us but God and to stay faithful to God. Amen? Just stay faithful to him. The Christian world is thus challenged as never before. Diana of the Ephesians is crying out for the blood of the apostles and will scream louder in the days ahead. Remember her? The apostle Paul went to Ephesus and, and killed that witchcraft spirit. And people burn their books and everything. She's still mad about that. She's still mad about that. Large cities in America have become centers of evil cults. Heathen priests of India use the Saturday religious section of newspapers to propagate their doctrine of reincarnation. Japanese missionaries entering this country in great numbers are winning converts to Buddhism on the West Coast and other parts of the country. They are making a drive towards 70 million Americans who have no church affiliation. And so many times our lack of commitment to God is what will cause us to drift over into false religion 
over in the false doctrine because we don't want to commit to anything. The greatest thing that you have going for you is that you come to church regularly. You understand me? Your faith is at least getting you that far. Don't find an excuse to not go. Okay? Don't find an excuse. Because once you start that, it gets easier and easier and easier to slip away, slip away, and slip away. And when you come to church, pay attention. You got me? You know, don't don't pay attention to everything else and then come to church and want to take a nap or nod off. Pay attention. Let the let the anointing and the power of God revive you and keep you alive. You know, it, it, you can you can let those spirits of sleep. They follow everybody everywhere. You know, I remember it was like clockwork. I would want to read my Bible at night at bedtime. and I was already in the bed. And so I would just, you know, I'd start opening the Bible, and sure enough, in like 10 minutes, I tried to get early in the morning, or first thing when I wake up, I started, same thing. So I started reading my Bible all day long. Stop this, devil. You got me? Stop me, devil. And I still do it. I'm, I'm in the Word off and on continually. It's not like it's a, you know set thing. I don't have to because I don't have like a, a J-O-B to go to, but I work for G-O-D and I got to show up for that on a regularity. You understand what I'm saying? But the thing of it is, I don't have to. See, if the devil can get your mind set in a routine, he can set somebody to derail you. But if you stay free to float in and out whenever God wants you to, amen, that works for you or you just have to tell that thing listen sleep we ain't we ain't dancing tonight you have to go find you a different partner i'm not going to sleep huh not on this i'm not you're not stealing from me amen and so it says large cities have become centers for evil cults it's just unbelievable the yoga is the other thing that people are doing christians do yoga you know that, don't you? Because they don't have a discerner. A lot of people just don't have a discerner turned on on the inside of them to know. And then the devil will tell them, uh, uh, well, it's good. It's exercise, you know, and, and you can do this and you can do. Listen, most people don't do all them, you know, them things you on your head. They don't ever get that far. Trust me, if it was that easy, you'd have done it already. And they look at all them little positions. Oh, I can do that and I can sit there and meditate and all that kind of stuff. Listen, it was that easy. And if you were getting something out of it, you'd have thought of it a long time ago. It says a timid and worldly church cannot cope with a timid and worldly church. Timid and worldly. Timid and worldly. And doesn't that describe a lot of people that you see on television and all kinds of places? Once they get on that TV, somehow the, the devil manages to put the fire out. You got to say things that don't stir people up, don't make people angry. You know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. And so a timid and worldly church cannot cope with demon power. Cold and indifferent Christians lacking in Holy Ghost power create a right climate for unholy spiritual aggression. Someone has wisely said, let there be less of the world in the church and there will be more of the church in the world. It says, I might add, a church cleansed and on fire with God is a church of power. Amen. People who live right before God. People who don't party on the weekends. People who aren't always looking for something to do recreationally and all that kind of stuff. You know, God is your recreation. You know, there's enough to do in God. It'll keep you busy 24-7. The living, vital, triumphant church of the Lord Jesus Christ must rise up in apostolic power and storm even the gates of hell. Christ has promised that the very citadels of Satan would not stand before his victorious church. This book calls for action. God in his word has not left us unguarded. A born-again believer can identify evil spirits by the Holy Ghost. Try the spirits and see if they be of God. You know, you have to know who you're dealing with. You can't compromise, uh, you know, with your friends or with acquaintances or, or, you know, with anybody. 
you know, family members, you can't compromise and say, oh, well, they don't mean anything and, you know, all that. Always making excuses for nonsense. They need prayer. And you know they need prayer. So let's let's get to getting here. The evil spirits in government. He said there are certain areas of society where the devil has worked successfully and where he will work successfully with great intensity in the last days. So if we believe that we're really living in that time, then this, this is something that he's warning us that we need to, to fight against. We need to take authority over and great. And we've seen evidence of this more and more. And that is in the, in the area of government. And then the area of religion, too. So you'll begin to see those merge. You see it with Muslim nations where they want everybody to worship Allah or they'll chop your head off and kill you and all this kind of stuff. He says one of these is government. Men can become demon inspired in their thirst for power over other men. The Apostle Paul said in Second Corinthians 4, 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. You can tell if there's a believer in public public office because they have clarity. They all have understanding. They don't have to, to you know, hobnob with everybody and, and uh, you know, pacify everybody. They stand for something. There's something substantial that they can declare and that they have a vision for good for all of humanity, not just for special groups. You got me? And so when, when God has enlightened them and they are believers, then they can, can come through with the right thing. You know, the, the, the thing that, that most of our government people are merely called to is to defend the Constitution that's already there. See, you find somebody who's always trying to get around that and find a loophole and circumvent and all that. Huh? The, the, you know, people have a saying, you know, if you want to make progress, let's first kill all the lawyers. Because, yeah, because they're the ones that find the loopholes everywhere. See, that's their job to find a way around everything. And so you, you see that, you know, in real life. He said they can. Uh, um, he said. Uh, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. The Bible also says, he had, that rules over men must be just, ruling in what? The fear of the Lord. Understanding that God is there watching every decision you make, every bill you introduce to Congress, everything that you do. He's watching it. He says, when I traveled across Siberia and Russia, I was conscious of demon power in the very atmosphere. Most Christians agree that men like Lenin and Stalin had given themselves over to demon possession. While I was preaching in Germany during the Nazi regime, I had German mothers tell me their sons had been taken to Nazi youth camps for training and upon their return seemed possessed by the spirit. Their arrogance and disobedience and threats to inform the Gestapo that if they didn't have their way caused deep sorrow on the part of Christian parents. Now, could you imagine your country? Now, it's, <clears throat> it's bad enough in this country. Your kids can call 1-800. What was that number they had? 966 <laughs> kids. And report your parents if you thought they were abusing you. Huh? <laughs> But over there, they were called a Gestapo. You know, they take you out in the backyard and shoot you. Your parents, your children had the power to call somebody that would take you out and execute you if you didn't let them have their way. So this, what we go through over here ain't new. You got me? He says, most Christians realize that Hitler must have been possessed of evil spirits. His voice and eyes gave evidence in public of his strange melancholy and actions in private showed it. The word of God tells us in Daniel 10, 2 and 3, that the prince of Persia fought to keep Daniel's prayer from being answered. In the book of Revelation 16, 13 and 14, we read, it says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophets. For they are spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to to the battle of the great day of almighty God. 
The beef mentioned is the Antichrist, the last Gentile ruler of this earth during the Great Tribulation. Increasingly, there will be demon power demonstrated in government. Men will seek for absolute power over other men, and the devil will offer it. Demon power and religion. Another area where demon power will be evident is in religion. The heathen will have greater power to hold their benighted followers. Witchcraft will not be limited to backward people in far off lands. It will flourish in the main streets of our cities. It is now. America saw this with the rise of Father Divine. Some laughed at him, but others with whom I have dealt found supernatural power in him which they desired. One high school teacher was a devoted follower. She had lived in his havens or heavens in New York and believed she had seen miracles. She was ready to work for him in Australia. She had been reared in a Christian home and attended a Bible church. Several nations have their own father divine. The devil is raising up his leaders all around the world at this moment. The apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11:14 that Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. In this religious area, we must observe religion as it tries to become involved with governments. In the great tribulation, the beast and false prophet work together to deceive the world. Sometimes the devil seems very religious. Here is where the gift of discerning of spirits is so necessary today. In one of my meetings in Poland, a woman on the front seat seemed too religious. She was singing and praying. My spirit did not agree with hers. When she was counseled from the pulpit, she barked like a dog and had to be carried from the meeting. She was possessed with a religious devil. We know people by the Holy Spirit and by their works. Amen. So in this end time, religion and government will start to commingle and coexist. You see it very obvious in, in Muslim religion where they're trying to enact Sharia law in different places. Some, some governments are so intimidated by it, they adopt their laws anyway. In England, they're transforming their, their culture or their society into a Muslim tolerant society. And so you're going to find some, some inhumane things happening in the name of tolerance and in the name of religion and in, in the name of getting along with people. The people are very intimidated by these terrorist spirits. Crime and morals is the other area. It says there are many other phases of modern life where we must watch for demon power. One is crime. Very often criminals will say things like this. A voice told me to commit murder or a voice told me to kill my parents or a voice told me. They no doubt are telling the truth. They are demon-possessed. It is my feeling that all suicides are demon-possessed. The devil urges them on until he pushes them into eternity lost without God. Another area to observe is morals. Over and over again, the Bible warns of uncleanness and corruption. Adultery is a spirit and sodomy is a spirit. For a person to be free again, it takes the power of God to cast out the unclean spirit. So let's read 2 Peter 2, 10 and 12. See what the word has to say. 2 Peter 2. Verses 10 through 12. It says, But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness, and despise government. In other words, people despise regulation over their lives. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities or evil of powers or evil of governments or evil of parents, uh, preachers, pastors, people in authority. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruptions, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are in blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. So these people, he's talking about people who mingle in with the church, 
having eyes full of adultery, they cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart that they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. So they will be rebuked for their iniquity, just as Balaam was. But there are people that mingle in with the church all the time that are not clean. We've seen it ourselves. You know, the devil will put people on assignment to pull you away from him, or away from God. And so we have to be very, very careful that God will, uh, that we stay close to God and we stay discerning. Because the enemy will deceive and take whomever he will. So in the area of morals, you see that the devil makes a big play for us. He says, at present, I'm having more people come to me for help to be free from demon possession than for almost any other need. Fear and confusion are not part of the Christian's equipment. God gives us power, love, and a sound mind. One may ask, what is wrong with spiritism? Number one, it's forbidden by God. That's really all you need to know. That'll stop most people, but most people will say, well, um, you know, I don't think it's that bad. I want to argue with you. But you have the scriptures here. It says God took King Saul from his throne because of witchcraft. Amen. Consulted familiar spirits. Saul didn't, didn't obey God fully the first thing he told him to do. Now, partial obedience is disobedience. Y'all know that, don't you? You don't get a pat on the back for doing something halfway. You didn't do it. Amen. You didn't do what you were told to do. And so the devil will make you think that, you know, well, I, uh, you know, I know I didn't get to church on time, but I got there. See, you understand what I'm saying? And keep doing that and see if your heart won't turn against God and his rules everywhere. All the devil needs to do is get you on something that's convenient for you. And get you to making excuses for it. It's wrong. I don't care. What, you know, we have a starting time because we expect people to be at the start time. You understand what I'm saying? If it was any time, we just, you know, open the door and say, come in. and You sit there and you do what you want to do. But it's not like that. Huh? When God assigns you a prayer time with a prayer partner, that's a set time. It's not when you get around to it and you get done shopping and, well, oh, I got caught out here in the supermarket, girl, and they got a good sale. I mean, why set a time if you're just going to put it off and put it off? And then you get in the power struggle with your prayer partner. Well, I told you, well, how come you don't call me? I call you all the time. See what I'm saying? Y'all supposed to be watchmen, you know, watching over the souls of. It is true. It is a truth. It is a truth. I have a time with my prayer partner. If it's got to be very important, if we don't pray, at that time, we don't play around with that. I don't play. If people want to play with me like that, I just let them go play. I said well, we can't pray together no more. I don't have time for that. Are you kidding me? I serve the God of the universe. You know, with one flick of his toenail, he could end everything down here. You think I'm going to play around with him? You don't do that kind of stuff. You either do it or you do it. You know, most of y'all, when, when somebody invited you out to a dope party, you was the first one there. Huh? You was all in on the dope party. You called up a bunch of friends. You know, you can hardly get anybody to bring anybody to church anymore. You called up a bunch of friends and told them who was going to be there. And that, who what I got from them the last time. That was good stuff. He's he going to be there tonight. You call him, make sure he can hear me. Giving your all, giving your best, going to be there on time. The first one there and the last one to leave. Now everybody want to run out to church because they scared somebody going to give them a broom. <laughs> yeah, I went there. Last one there, first one out. <laughs> but I love the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
know, the devil got all kind of little mind games. You know, you got to watch yourself with that stuff. You got to stay vigilant. Don't let yourself start getting important anywhere. You understand me? You ain't that important. Be replaced so fast. Huh? And God doesn't care how long it takes. Time, he's not even on time. God's not even aware of time. He gave time for us so we can quit putting him off and quit playing around and get serious. That's why he gave us time. Spiritists deny the deity of Christ. They refuse to accept his blood for salvation. They do not believe in his resurrection. Bless you. Christ to them is only an advanced medium. So in this respect, they are the antichrist. Spiritists deny the personality of the Holy Spirit. Christ promised another comforter. He has come, but spiritists do not believe in the third person of the Godhead. You notice the Long Island medium, she calls what she listens to spirit. It's not the spirit and it's not the Holy Spirit. But see, people who aren't discerning will think she's talking about God's spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Spiritists deny the resurrection of the dead and the existence of heaven as the eternal home of the faithful. Rather, they teach reincarnation and you can just keep coming back. You get do-overs. You know, do-overs aren't that good. I think you ought to get one shot and maybe a little mercy, but let's move on, okay? You can't keep doing this over and over again. You see kids that they keep failing, they let them repeat failing. Them kids will stay there in that grade forever if you don't tell them, now listen, this is your last time to repeat this. Get serious. Spiritists deny the resurrection. We said that spiritists do not believe in a personal devil. They don't believe in a literal hell. They don't believe in the original fall of men, the Garden of Eden. They don't believe in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they are not flowing with revelation from the word of God. They just pick up what the devils tell them and they hold on to that and that's what they do. The entire world staggers down the road toward devil worship. Heathen philosophies and demon religions lead their benighted multitudes in the worship of the devil. All idol worship is demon inspired. All of it. Idol worship. It's demon inspired. In fact, Many times people will impart demon power in objects if they pray over them and lay their hands on them. I remember when when uh, Aubrey was alive, he had he had a friend who uh, was from I don't know Nigeria or someplace like that that worked with him. And he was going to go back home to visit people in his country, and so uh, my husband said, "Well, bring me some, bring me a something back, you know that kind of stuff." And so I knew with the way he said it, it was going to have a devil on it when it came to my house. I could tell by the way he was said it. You know, it's just a setup of the devil. You know, you try to be nice and maybe patronizing to somebody and all that kind of nonsense stuff. I don't play that stuff. I don't want nothing. Don't bring me nothing back. You understand? If God don't tell me to ask you to bring me something back, I don't want it. Because there's too many ways the devil can mess people up with his nice friend stuff. Sure enough, he brings him a death mask and that thing, you could feel it move in the house. Huh? And we fought over it too. I told him, I said, uh uh-uh. uh. I said, if that thing stays here, I'm leaving. I said, if I'm not your wife no more and I'm I'm living here and and I can tell you what's comfortable for me, I said, I'm I'm booking. That thing ain't living here with me. Huh? I'll get rid of it. No, you won't. It's out of here. You understand me? I was serious about it. He looked at the look in my eyes and he didn't say nothing else and it went out. You understand me? You don't compromise with the devil. And I knew he wasn't leaving me. I've been assured to get that with God so many. But see, you'll be challenged like that, folks. You'll be challenged. Somebody that you dearly love will put up a fight for something. You just got to go with God. At the end of Gentile rule, the, the age will be marked by great demonstration of demon power. The Antichrist will deceive the earth's millions. Reader friend, as you read the story of Arlindo, you and, and as you come into greater awareness of demon activity, 
May it cause you to grow closer to God. That's your answer. You don't go chasing, tracking the knowledge and I'm a, I got to study demons and I, you know, don't get all worked up about it. You know, let God inform you. Let God lead you. You don't need to become an expert on knowing the names of devils. You got enough of them in your prayer manual. You can talk to them all day long. You just keep praying your prayers. I mean, those of you who are familiar with your prayers would know better. Uh, as the Lord, ask the Lord in prayer to keep your heart pure and upright, to instruct you in all truth, to illumine that which is dark, to deepen that which is shallow, that every chapter of your life might witness to his power and glory. Amen. So you can walk delivered. This, this type of knowledge will help you to stay delivered. You, ladies, you can pass those uh, uh, quizzes out now. But stay delivered from, from inquisitiveness. Many people have gotten curious about the devil and what he does and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure that's how these different mediums get started, you know, and fortune tellers get started. Curiosity. Let God answer all your questions. If it's not something that he wants to share with you, he doesn't have to tell you. No, he's God. Don't ever get too pushy with him to want to know certain things I just got to be anointed like so-and-so. No, you don't. Just be, you do you. Let Benny Hinn do Benny Hinn. You do you. Huh? Amen. Thank you, Miss J-Lo. Praise God. Amen.